0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to you. My name is Tim Harris. I am probably the happiest man alive right now. We got people in this house, and we filled this house with the sound of praise. I mean, we've been doing that kind of by ourselves. It feels like for four months. Where in the world have you people been? Carl Salinger, where did you get that beard? Is that a real beard? it's a corona beard my goodness 4 months is the longest some of us have ever gone from seeing each other and for some of us it'll be even longer but we are beginning The slow march back toward in-person worship. Tonight is our first step. Tonight is Wednesday night. We record this morning's service on Wednesday night. We're going to continue to invite people in on Wednesday for this service. And if all the signs continue to be good, we will build from here. We're going to start some outdoor worship opportunities this coming month, this this July. We're going to start moving toward Sunday morning worship. We're going to get there, Lord willing, and in the Lord's perfect timing. So be patient. In the meantime, I appreciate your faithfulness online to worship online. To stay connected online. I remind you, in the three months that we have not been together, we've had more people join the church and more people saved than in the three months prior to that. So God is working, God is moving. Yeah, absolutely, I am so good. It is just so good. I am finishing this morning the sermon series to boys entitled Boys' Life. So open your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah. I'm going to say it early so you have plenty of time to find it because that's one of those that's in there. Uh, Back before the book of Psalms, you'll find it. I'm speaking to boys. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not speaking to everybody. I'm also speaking to women. I'm also speaking to men. I'm speaking to girls. But I want to speak directly to boys. I've been doing it now for several weeks. I've preached sermon series directly to men. I've preached to women. I've preached to girls. This is the first time... I've spoken to my little brothers, but little brothers, I love you. Uh, God bless you. I appreciate the way you have listened the last number of weeks. I know some of you have really listened because you've been interested. I also know some of your mamas are making you uh, sit on the couch and listen to this. So you got a good mama. You listen to your mama. I want to talk tonight about what it means to to fight like a man. (laughs) Uh, Now, let me tell you, little brother, back in the day, Warren Central in the 80s, were any of you there? Absolutely, Lori was there. Chip Jenkins was there. What what did you teach? I'm kidding. Chip's just way ahead of of me in in school. No, Chip, I remember Chip. Yeah, he was awesome, man. Warren Central High School in the 80s, and I don't think it's changed that much. I don't think school has changed that much. I'm going to describe something to you, little dude, and you just tell me if this wouldn't happen. It might not happen at your school just like this, but back in the 80s, in the day, we would be in the cafeteria at lunch. And somebody would come in from the double doors, from the outside, from, we had a smoking area. They'd come in from the smoking area, and they'd say, fight! There'd be a fight. And I mean, instantly, the entire cafeteria will empty out of guys. Like every guy in the place rushes out into the smoking area to see the fight. Now, what do we do when we get there? Nothing. We just watch. It's awesome. It's just awesome. I mean, I know it's wrong. Fighting is wrong. Don't fight, little brother. Don't fight. But man, I'm telling you, there's something about a fight, man. And if it's girls fighting, it's terrible. I mean, it's just terrifying. Girls, I mean, will rip. I mean, just rip each other. I mean, girls are terrifying. But man, a good fight in the smoking area, and every guy's just like, yo! And then eventually… Two faculty members will come out and break up the fight, and everybody goes back into the cafeteria, and that was, you know, like the best day in school ever. Now, that's the way guys look at things. I'm sure that a lot of of girls, women, your mama probably really wouldn't understand the appeal of that for guys, but just let me make one thing perfectly clear from the start. Guys like to see power on display. We like power on display. In our movies, we want things to blow up. You know, we like power on display. We like WWE, like Roman Reigns. You know, we just want to see power. We like strength and we like to see it being demonstrated. We like to see things move. We like to see things explode. We like to see something dangerous and, and wild. Guys are just like this. We like to see power. On display. Now, why is that? I mean, why exactly is that? Because God made us this way. Now, I'm not saying that some girls aren't exactly the same way, but there's something about a guy's heart, something about my heart and your heart, little brother. I'm telling you, we just like to see power. Now, here's the thing when God made you, but more importantly, when Jesus saved you, he hid power in you. He, he hid power in you. And your whole life now, little brother, your life is really a, a, about discovering, finding that power, finding that strength, learning how to use it. And, and here's what you need to know. Your purpose in life is, is to live strong for Christ out of the strength Christ gives. See, your strength comes from him. Your strength, my strength, it comes from him. And we're called to live our lives, to live strong, to use our strength, and to live out of that strength that Christ gives. This is your purpose. Understand what I'm saying, little brother? I'm saying you've got strength in you. You've got strength in you. And the world needs your strength. I mean, the church needs your strength, the kingdom of God needs your strength. Your life is meant to be this, this display of power, God's power, your life. Your life is supposed to be something dangerous, understand, something wild, I'm telling you. You're going to discover your power, you're going to use your power, you're going to meet the villain, you're going to have to fight, you understand? I mean, your story is going to be amazing, but your story is going to need a hero. Where will we ever find one? Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's go here. This is a great passage. Everybody turn. Nehemiah chapter 4. Going to start in verse 10. Kind of picking up in the middle of the story, Nehemiah is God's man who's come a thousand miles to help rebuild the city of Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem for his people. They're in the middle of that massive building project, but there's an enemy, a couple of enemies, threatening to tear it all down to kill them all. And Nehemiah calls them here, calls their strength in chapter 4, verse 10. Listen to what the Word of God says. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The the workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So so I placed an armed guard behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. You hear that little brother? Fight. Fight. I, I know, we, we're not really supposed to fight. <laughs> we're not really supposed to fight. I, I, I've i had the same Instagram profile and, and Twitter handle from the very beginning. I mean, from the day they opened it up, I was the Serminator, y'all. You know, it's it, when you're coming up with the name that you're going to use online. I mean, the whole world wide web is going to be knowing you by whatever you call yourself. So, I wanted a magnificent name. I wanted something formidable. I wanted something so that when they see me online, they think, man, I ain't messing with the sermonator. You understand? Serminator. It, it, it comes from like Terminator. These were movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was like this uh, cyborg assassin. You know, I'll be back. It, it was that. He was the Terminator. So I called myself Sermonator because I preach sermons. <laughs> I know. It, uh, it sounds less intimidating when I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somebody from church got me the shirt, y'all. I mean, they got me the shirt, which is awesome, but they got a large because they probably thought I had more. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big shirt. I'll grow into it. Uh, sermonator I am. So look me up on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Facebook. I'm, I'm the sermonator because I preach sermons. Uh, no, I, I think... Naming myself Sermonator, you know, choosing a magnificent, formidable name, I, I think it comes from that part of me that's like that part of you, little dude. It's that part of you, that part of me that, that really wants to be the hero, like the superhero. Y'all like superheroes? Who's your favorite? Favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Yeah. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man, when he's not Spider-Man, he is Peter Parker. Peter Parker is a normal boy, normal boy, until he gets bit by an irradiated spider on the hand. And after that, poof, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, awesome. I love Spider-Man. What else? Wait, everybody's all at once. <laughs> say, what did you say, Caleb? Captain America. Captain America. Did he have, like, another name? Batman? Yeah, Finley says Batman. I love Batman. Bruce Wayne was his name. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Batman is awesome. Who else? Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah, I mean, the incredible Hulk. What was his name? Banner. Bruce. Bruce, is it Bruce Banner? Yeah, he's the incredible, incredible Hulk. You don't want to see him angry. Yeah. Oh, I, I love all of those. I just love them all. I've nearly never been a comics reader, so I didn't get it from comics, but, but I, I love the movies. I just love all of those movies, even though they're kind of all the same. I mean, all of those superhero stories, they, they follow a, an arc, we would say, the, the same kind of pattern. There is a normal boy. If it's a Wonder Woman, it's a girl, I know, but I'm talking to boys. Uh, It's a normal boy. I mean, just like every other boy. I mean, there's nothing to distinguish Peter Parker. You know, before he gets bit by the spider, Peter Parker is just like any other ordinary boy. Before he meets Ben Kenobi, Luke Skywalker is just a farm boy on the planet uh, Tatooine. Am I right? Tatooine? Yeah, yeah. Just an ordinary boy. It always starts with an ordinary boy, and then somehow it's revealed that he has something extra. An ordinary boy with something extra, he discovers a a power. He discovers an identity and ability. And in the first part of the story, the first part of the movie, he's got to learn how to use the power, how to control it, how to use the force, Luke. You understand? So Luke learned to use the force. Harry Potter goes off to Hogwarts. I mean, you know, you've got to learn what your power is and then how to use the power. And then in the next part of this story, you're going to meet the villain, the bad guy, Darth Vader or whoever, you know, Scarface, whoever the villain is. You're going to meet the villain and it's going to test your powers. The, the, the good guy, the superhero is going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight, and and then in the end, there's always this triumphant, victorious battle where he masters his strength, he masters his power, and and earns the victory. As I say, they're all the same. Black Panther, I mean, it's all the same. All of those stories are kind of the same. An ordinary boy who uh, realizes he has something extra. He's got to learn how to use it, how to control it, what it's for. This is what I'm telling you, little brother. You're an ordinary boy, but you're not ordinary because you got something extra. God has given you something extra. And this life that you're going to live, it's not going to be an ordinary life. It's going to be a life with danger. I mean, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to use your strength. Understand, what I'm telling you is obviously your story needs a hero and you are the hero of your story, you, you. In the fourth chapter of Nehemiah, which I just read, Nehemiah is the hero of of his story. Now understand, when I say that, y'all know what I mean, right? When I say that Nehemiah is a hero of his story, we all know that God is the hero of every story. As a matter of fact, there's really only one story, and it's God's story. And we're all just little characters in a big story that's God's story. Can we just be clear on that? I mean, it's God's story, and He's the only hero. Jesus Christ is the only source of strength. I mean, so when we're praising or talking about superpower or super authority, the only person we've really got to talk about is Jesus. But the way Jesus works, the way God loves to work, is he loves to take an ordinary boy, an ordinary man like Nehemiah, hide some strength in him, and then use him to do his work in the world. That's how it works. So that's why we can say in your life, you are the hero in your own story. You are the hero in your own family. You are the hero because that's how God works. He he put this in you. He, He placed this strength in you. Now, he didn't give us all the same strength, honestly, as we joke all the time. I got no muscles, like, like no muscles, like none. When I was in college, I had a roommate who worked out with weights, and he said, come on, like he was determined to pump me up. So he pumped me up for like two weeks, and then he took me to the, like the, the health food store and bought me this giant drum of this stuff called weight on, like to make me gain weight. Because he was, like, giving up with just the weights. Like, I needed some other, you know, source. And so I had to, like, weight on is, like, this this dusty grit that you had to, like, put in everything you ate and drank. It's it's terrible. You you could feel it in your teeth like sand. But, man, I was eating weight on, you know, and I got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. I mean, I, I got no muscles. I got no physical strength. Like, I'm talking about fighting today, but honestly, anybody in this room, the women, the children, you could take me. I, I, I'm, I'm just not. Like in my whole life, I was almost in like one fist fight, not two fist fights, two, two. I'm more than I thought I was, two. Uh, one was on the school bus and I freaked and, and uh, I went so crazy that the guy just like left standing, you know, because I was just like, <laughs> and Then later in ministry, I went went to a house where there was a domestic disturbance. I didn't expect it. I opened the the guy opened the door and pulled. You know, so anyway, you know, take your sides, everybody. I'm a sitting duck. Um, I don't have that physical strength. You might, little brother. Maybe you're going to grow into that. I I don't know. God doesn't give us all the same superpower. He doesn't have to because we're not going to all fight the same battles. We're not going to live out the same story. God may give you intellectual power. God bless you. God may give you some sort of spiritual power. He may give you an amazing strength that nobody's ever even seen before. God is amazing, and God knows exactly what you need. But the point that you need to understand is God has hidden this in you. It's down in you. When you look in the mirror, you don't see it. When you look in the mirror, you don't see a superhero. I sure don't. I don't even see a sermonator. See, a guy with a giant nose, you understand, and and just a a big dork. I mean, I just feel like a big dork, but, but I'm telling you, God has hidden something in this big dork and in that little dork right there, you. God is able, God is able to use you, and he has put you together and made you and written out all of the pages of the story of your life, and he has put in you exactly the strength you need to fight the fights that you will fight. So, Nehemiah is a hero of his own story. God put in that man a compassion. God put in this man a courage. Nehemiah was living the life of a king. He was in the palace of King Artaxerxes, a thousand miles away. But then he heard the news that his people back home were suffering. His people, the Jews, they've been absolutely flattened, crushed by the Babylonians, and the entire city, the temple, the walls just lay in ruins. When Nehemiah heard this, he wept, he fell apart, he begged the king to go home so that he could go home and be a part of bringing God's people back. And that's what Nehemiah did, a thousand-mile journey. He goes, he starts bringing people together to do the work. Nehemiah's an awesome man, hero of his story. But I love what he does here in verse 14. It's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. In your Bible, underline it, circle it. Know this verse. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. It's just amazing. This is what it says: don't be afraid of the enemy. (laughs) See, this is why I don't get in fights. Like I'm afraid of everybody. Like if, you know, if if like a little girl, you know, fans will fly, I'm like, I mean, like I I just kind of am afraid I'm a chicken. But Nehemiah says, don't. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear tie you up in knots. Don't let fear stop you from doing anything that you need to do. You step up, you stand up. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Notice that Nehemiah doesn't say, just look in the mirror, Bubba. You're awesome. No. No. No, in this whole message, I, I didn't put all this together to tell you, little brother, that you're awesome. I'm not so sure that you are. I'm not, but I don't have to be. All I have to do is not be afraid and remember the Lord who is great and glorious. The Lord is awesome. He's the only awesome one. I just need to be on His side, fighting in His strength. I just need to be doing what God wants me to do because God is great and glorious, He is great and glorious. Not me. He is great and glorious. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's this amazing call to arms, this amazing call to fight. These are ordinary people, all of them ordinary people, but they're in an extraordinary circumstance. They're in this moment of truth where if they don't do it, it's not going to happen. I mean, God's people, God's city, it's all in ruins, and they've got a purpose, a job. they got to stand up, and I'm telling you, there's going to be opposition. It's going to be dangerous. Nehemiah says, don't be afraid. Stand up. Remember the Lord. He is great and glorious, and then fight. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Notice how Nehemiah calls them into battle. He doesn't say, you need to fight or they're going to come in and kill you. Fight for your life. No, you're not fighting for your life. Little brother, your life is in Christ. I mean, Christ is going to protect you. Christ is going to provide for you. You don't have to fight for your life. God didn't put this strength in you just so you can, you know, pump it up and be awesome. God put this strength in you because of others. You've got to fight to fight, but, but it's for others. Your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. I mean, Nehemiah could have gone on. Your pets, your dog, your cat, your chicken, your guinea pig. I mean, fight. Fight for everybody. Fight for everybody else. You've got so much to fight for. Isn't that beautiful. Man, I, I, I love it. This call continues to ring out because there's still a purpose, God's great purpose in the world, there's still a fight to be fought. I mean, the world really, really needs heroes. The world needs people who will remember the Lord who is great and glorious. The world needs people, men, boys, who will not be afraid and who will find their strength and use the strength that God gives them for the sake of others. You see, you're the hero in your story. I know you're still at the front end of the story. You don't really know yet what your superpower is, what what your strength is. God will show that to you. God will show it to you. I'm just telling you in advance what it's for. It's for him. It's for others. That much you know. So you are called, little brother, to stand up, to be strong, to be a hero. A couple of things about that. Every hero has a cause to fight for. Understand? A cause to fight for. Lots and lots of people got a lot of fight in them, but they're always fighting against something. They're always fighting against. You always know what they're against. They make enemies and they pick fights, but that's not who you are, little brother. You got a cause to fight for. You're fighting for something. A divine desire to fight for what is right, a cause greater than yourself. This is not about you. It's for others. See, this is the thing. You've you got to find this cause to fight for. you got to learn to nurture this desire to fight for what is right. Because if you don't ever find what it is that you're supposed to be fighting for, if you never really find this purpose, then you'll end up fighting you know, over stupid things. You'll end up fighting people. You'll end up fighting other guys. You'll end up being that bully on the bus just picking fights with girls. I mean, don't be that guy. You've got a strength in you, but that's not what it's for. It's not so that you be the bully, and it's also not so that you just sink into this life of boredom. Man, years and years and years in Louisville, Kentucky, at the zoo, they had this amazing lion named Kenya. Kenya, man. I mean, every time I went to the Louisville Zoo, I thought, I think is Kenya dead? I mean, I mean that lion was in the same spot, and he looked like a sack of bones. I mean, you know, amazing lion, king of the jungle, Kenya. It's like, you know, would somebody poke him with a stick? I think he's, I think he's dead. You know. And then one day, Casey and I were at the zoo late in the afternoon, and almost nobody was there. And we were like on the other side looking at the camels. And all of a sudden, we heard this I mean, it's like, what was that? It was Kenya the lion. I don't know who put a quarter in him, you know, but I mean, all of a sudden, he had a roar. It was awesome. But you know, something about that just kind of broke my heart. Like this lion with that kind of roar in him, this lion created to be the king of the jungle, this ferocious, fierce, beautiful creature laying there like a bathroom rug roaring twice a year. And I'm saying to you, little brother, God's put a roar in you. God's put some power in you, some strength in you. But you got to find a cause to, to, to that's going to be worth fighting for. You got to figure out how to use your strength, a divine desire to fight for what is right, a cause greater than yourself. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter eleven. I love this verse, guys, and I want everybody to see this verse as well. Matthew eleven verse twelve. This is so good. Jesus is talking about John the Baptizer in this passage, and uh, John the Baptizer was always kind of a puzzle, because John the Baptist was amazing. He was this wild, man. I mean, he was just, like, I'd say crazy, but he wasn't crazy. He was just absolutely filled with the Spirit and fearless. John the Baptist was out in the wilderness just preaching. He just preached the truth, and people would come from miles and miles just to hear him preach, Dressed in mohair, it's like camel hair, and he ate bugs and honey. I mean, this guy was awesome, just crazy, a wild man. And the Pharisees, the religious people, didn't like John. They didn't like Jesus either. And at this point, they're sort of debating, arguing with Jesus about who is John, and, and, and what's John's role, and exactly whose side is John on. And, and so Jesus is describing John the baptizer in this particular verse. He starts out by saying, who is John? Was he like this wilting flower that you went out to see in the wilderness? Was he like a fancy boy in a nice suit? No, no, no. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 says this, the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about guys like John, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. Jesus is talking about John. Jesus is saying something about the kingdom of heaven. Something about the way the kingdom of heaven advances forcefully, and something about the way that the kingdom of heaven really has to do with with power, with, with strength and explosive power. I mean, violent men, forceful men take hold of it. We're not talking about wilting flowers here, we're not talking about fancy boys in suits, we're talking about guys, I mean, real guys with strength from the Lord in them, and then they step out into the world and that strength gets released. This is what I'm talking about, little brother. This is your life. This is your life. In church, we're always telling you to be a good boy. (laughs) And as your pastor, I I do want you to be a really good boy. but, But for the sake of Jesus, would you please try to be more than just a good boy? The life that Christ has for you, little dude, it's extraordinary. The life that Christ has for you, brother, it's going to call for power, like explosive power. It's in you. you got to find it. you got to learn how to use it. It's going to be dangerous. I know, I know. You could live in your mother's basement and play video games the rest of your life. You can eat beanie weenies out of the can, and that doesn't sound dangerous. But I also have this feeling that that's not what you're created for. you got a purpose. you got a strength in you. The world needs you. In the name of Jesus, you must find and use your strength for the blessing and protection of others. What did Nehemiah say? Fight. Fight for your sons, fight for your brothers, fight for your sisters, fight for your parents, fight for your home, fight for your church, fight for the Lord. Remember the Lord. Don't be afraid. This strength that the Lord has put in you, it's not really for you. If you try to use it for yourself, you'll never ever really discover even the full extent of it. It's not for that. That's not why you were made, to serve yourself, to to use your strength for yourself. You were created with this strength for others, others, whatever God has given you, you need to call it forth now with all of your might, all of your strength, all of your mind, you, you serve him. And in serving him, you're going to be serving others. You're going to protect others. In other words, because of your strength, others will feel safe with you. They know that you're not going to lie to them, that you're not going to be unkind to them. They know that you won't use your strength to harm them. No female should ever be afraid that you will use your strength to harm her. We're protectors. I look in the mirror. I don't don't see a superhero. You, You may not either, little dude. But can I tell you something about your life? It's going to be an adventure. Certainly, when God made you, but more importantly, when Jesus saved you, um, Holy Spirit hit a secret superpower in you, a, a super authority in you. I want you to find it. I want you to learn to use it. In Jesus' name. And this world is in all kinds of hurt right now, little brother. This world really needs guys like you. I wish that we were living in times where you could grow up slower, but I'm not sure that you can. I'm afraid that you may need to step up sooner. You're going to have to work hard. And I know as much as I wish that I could protect you from it, I I know that the enemy is going to come against you. And it's going to be dangerous for you. When you step out to live the life God has given you in the strength that Christ has given you, you're going to meet an enemy there. You're going to have opposition. It's, uh, it's going to be dangerous and wild. What I'm saying is, in, in the story of your life, There needs to be a hero. And I know in my heart, and I think you know in your heart, that Christ is calling you to be the hero. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious. And fight, Little dude, in the name of Jesus, fight like a man. Everyone pray with me. God, I just want to pray a blessing over all the young men in the sound of my voice and in this house tonight. God, the world is just not necessarily a safe place and it is much, much too dangerous for anything other than the power of the Spirit. Lord, this is not a world in which we can lollygag and live as men who are afraid to move, Lord, men who have yet to discover their strength, Lord. We don't have anything like enough time left in this world not to figure out what you've called us to do and find the strength with which you've given us to do it. Lord, I pray that you would raise up in this church, Brave boys, awesome young men, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them the strength that you have hidden in them by the power of your spirit, Lord, and I pray that they would not be afraid to use it. Step out into the world, face the enemy, face the danger with courage, with reverence for you, oh God, I pray that you would make them to be the heroes that the kingdom of God needs in times such as these. I don't just pray for our sons, Lord, I pray for our daughters, Lord, I pray for this whole rising generation moving into a world that at this very moment seems so very uncertain, so very unfriendly to our faith. I pray, Lord God, that this rising generation will be given a super authority in the name of Jesus, a superpower by your Spirit, that they will step out into this broken world with a heroic, healing power of the gospel. Pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.